at what point are we going to be done with the USGA? The weekend was just another example of just how inept they are. They are a poorly run organization. This is not an isolated event. They are terrible at what they do, or at least what they tell us they do. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf, the podcast. This one is going to be a little bit different. It's going to take a somewhat of, of a negative tone, only because of the subject matter. And the subject matter is the USGA. And there is not a lot positive about the USGA at this particular point in the history of golf. And that is a problem. The USGA has embarrassed themselves and, by relation, the game of golf for a number of years. This has gone on for far too long. I'm going all the way back to 2004 Shinnecock when the course was a disaster. That tournament was a complete joke. And then we revisit Shinnecock with all of that discussion of how bad 2004 was and that maybe, maybe the USGA can show us that they've learned something and they have learned nothing. They lost the golf course. Even Zach Johnson at that time, I don't know if you remember his quote, he said, they've lost the golf course. It was a joke. We had to watch Phil Mickelson bat around a putt to get out of there. We had to watch, uh, listen to Brooks Kepka talk about, well, I, I don't know if it's even going to be playable tomorrow before he won. Again, the USGA was a disaster. Uh, we look at what, what Davis's comments at that tournament were preposterous. Um, he said, we missed it a little bit with the wind. A little bit? The course was a disaster. The course was lost. They are just not good at making contingency plans. They are not good at looking at everything that could possibly go wrong, which essentially means that they are a bad organization for what they are trying to accomplish. They do not have the systems in place to make sure they make good decisions when things change. They have no fallback plan. And arguably, they have no plan. And that's a problem. Now, I, I speak to this as uh, I have a doctorate. I apologize. Nobody wants to hear anybody or even just brag. I have a doctorate. It is in organizations and management. And so I have a bit of a passion for uh, watching organizations and seeing how they work. And there is nothing that lets me uh, believe that these guys care in the least bit about what they're attempting to do. Now, they may very well uh, care and love the game of golf, but they it, it's one of two things. They either don't care, and they're organizational wizards and don't care, or they really, really do care, but they have no experience or no ability to organize in a way with systems that makes making decisions a lot easier. They have no decision trees. They have no contingency plans in place. They've got nothing going for them. So when something goes inevitably wrong, and it always does in golf, golf is the game where everything goes wrong. Ask Ricky Fowler. They have no way to deal with it because they have no foresight. 
no organizations, no organizational structure. They don't know what they're doing. It's completely frustrating. And it's not just, it's just not setting up golf courses, right? I mean, Chambers Bay. One, Chambers Bay was too new. Chambers Bay in 2015, right? The, the one where, um, where uh, Jordan Spieth won the U.S. Open, right? Dustin Johnson had that uh, sad three-putt on, on the 18th hole. But because, the, I mean, and again, the greens were crappy. Jordan Spieth is a really good putter. It was a huge advantage for him to play Chambers Bay on those crappy greens. You remember, it looked like the moon out there. It was, the course was too new to be chosen as a U.S. Open venue anyway. That was their first mistake. And then they went in and tried to set it up. And they are so disastrously, they are so disastrously bad at doing that, that that then we had a horrible nightmare on our hands. And it, you know, Jason Day didn't pass out because he had vertigo. He passed out because the course was so bad. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what I heard. Or it's just what I made up. Whatever the case may be. But that was a disaster. Again, the USGA is a disaster. 2016, the US Open. You remember this one? Somehow or another in the 18th, there, there was a, just Dustin Johnson's ball moved, right? And, and they were trying to determine whether he caused the ball to move or not. It happened on the fifth hole, okay? By the 12th hole, they let him know, hey, we're looking at it. They didn't tell him. They had made a decision on what they were going to do. He had to play the remaining six holes. And then he was told in the scoring tent, that, hey, we're going to penalize you a stroke. Well, you know, we had a three-stroke lead, I think, at the time. So no harm, no foul. Wrong. Again, it showed how completely inept they are. They are so bad. And, it, and it's not, this is not opinion at this point. It's just the facts. When it happens over and over and over again, you can't run and hide from this thing. They are bad at what they do. And we're asking them to do something pretty important. We're asking them to, to run our national championship. We are asking them to clarify and develop rules to grow the game of golf. It's a pretty important organization. To be run so poorly is frightening. For a game that we all love so much, this is, a disa- this is really a bad deal. And all of us are suffering because of their ineptitude. It's brutal. Let's stay with the two in 2016. What about the U.S. Women's Open? Where it's a great tournament. It gets into a playoff. And here we go again. There's a rule that was broken. Um, Anna Nordvist shows in high-speed camera that she did touch the sand on her second shot. And that it was going to be a penalty. But it took them so long to get out there and let the players know that the penalty had occurred. Again, completely inept. It's like they hadn't even thought about what they would do if there was a penalty and how they would communicate that to them in sudden death when it really mattered. And these players deserved to know instantly when it happened, as soon as they knew it was and it was, it was obvious. Now, I'm so glad that that rule has changed and we're done with that. But they knew it. It was a, an infraction and they didn't let the players know. Total disaster. And now with, with what happened over the weekend, a number of times caddies, and it didn't happen just once. 
caddies are there to help their player, right? And so they're talking about targets. They're talking about getting what they should take the ball at. We're talking about the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour never had a problem with their caddies lining up anything ever. The new rule that prevents caddies from lining up players was directly targeted at the LPGA. That's where it happened all the time. That's what the rule was created for. They came right out and said it. The PGA Tour has never had a problem with this rule. It hasn't been a problem on the European Tour where this was enforced. A two-stroke penalty was given. This hasn't been a problem here on the PGA Tour in the U.S. It's never been a problem. And yet they assessed a penalty for something that turns out wasn't a penalty, right? The penalty was assessed and then they took it back later when they took time to look at it. Are you kidding me? Were these rules ever vetted out? Did they think about the consequences? Did they just simply go through the process? It was never a problem in the PGA Tour. Why are you penalizing right now? And then it turned out to not be a problem anyway. The Ricky Fowler thing, I I just can't even, as Ricky Fowler is standing up away from his ball where he's dropped his ball, but in the middle of a rainstorm on wet grass, Ricky Fowler takes a drop, goes up to look it over on the green and his ball trickles in and dumps into the water and he's penalized for that. That's a dumb rule. If you haven't addressed the ball, if you haven't made the ball move with your club, why does it count as a stroke? The whole purpose of golf is to hit a ball and make it go where you want it to go and hopefully do what you want it to do and go in the hole. We're trying to show our skill. Let's make it a game of skill. That was a disaster. Again, a stupid rule. And then finally, to end the discussion, this sort of puts it all together for me. And this is where I say to to everybody, the USGA has some serious problems. And this is kind of what wraps it up for me. You've got a new rule where you can leave the flag stick in. And when we see players sort of wrestling with whether to do that or not, we've had Bryson DeChambeau come out and say unequivocally you should leave the pin in. That Bryson DeChambeau is a bit of a, you know, they call him a mad scientist. He looks at the data. Um, Dave Pels did extensive and exhaustive research on this years ago, decades ago. And it is an advantage to leave the pin in if it's made of fiberglass. Fiberglass takes velocity off the ball, pin acts as a backboard, forces of gravity become stronger and pull the ball ball into the hole, okay? That's just fact. Why did the USGA change the rule? The flagstick rule to speed up play. They didn't look at any other factor. This is how inept they are. They did not intend to make the game easier, but they did because they did not do their research. They did not, as in an organization, turn over every stone. And it's not like it was hard to find. Go to your computer and search flagstick research. Dave Pell's research will come right up there. It's not like it's hidden under a rock. It's not like it's hidden in the archives in the Vatican. It's available to everybody. But either they don't know how to do a Google search or they just don't care or they don't have a good enough organization to actually do any research. And so now we're getting rules changes that haven't been vetted out, that have not been put in practical play to see how they work. It's a disaster. I was excited about the new rules, but I made the assumption that they had done their research, that they were responsible as an organization and had looked at this at all sides, but they haven't. 
We don't know what disasters around the corner now next, but we know because the USGA was involved, there are more disasters coming because that's what the USGA does. They are an organization of one great big huge disaster after another because they put into play very poorly planned out events and very poorly implemented rules that are not based on research that have not been duly vetted. They just throw them out. So in my line of work, we do a lot of technology and it's like a programmer. Programmers are notorious for handing you a bunch of code and telling you it's awesome. It's great. Well, if you took that code and just pushed it out to the public, you would absolutely go bankrupt the next day because the code always has bugs in it. The code never works the way it should. And you have to go through and vet it and try it. You go to alpha test, beta test, you run through everything to make sure that the technology works the way you think it should. And only when you have done that a few times, and if you're going to put it out before you know it's completely vetted, you let everybody know we're in beta. And please, it's technology we want you to use and try it out, but it's in beta. Please let us know of anything you find, any bugs or whatever. And then you you better be ready to move on it. It's hard to get code exactly right. I realize that it's going to be hard for rules to be exactly right. But at least tell us, hey, you know what? We haven't vetted these rules out. We're in beta. Please give them a try. It's not cool to do it on the PGA Tour, but why not put it out in a few amateur tournaments for a little bit to see how it works out before we just throw it on the PGA Tour on TV this golf is such a great game and to leave it to a group of unorganized inept individuals and i'm sure they're great people but together as a collective they are doing this game a great disservice right now they are dishonoring this game for what it is the history of this game all of it the rules do not need to be this complicated. I am tired of hearing that the interpretation can go so many different ways that we have to be very, very detailed. That is garbage. You want to simplify the rules? I say you take Jack Nicholas, Nancy Lopez, maybe throw in a modern player, maybe Phil Mickelson. You stick them in a room together and you say, hey, here's the rules of golf. However long it takes, it would probably take them less than an hour. They would come back and hand you a set of rules that would be perfect for the game of golf. And then no more USGA. We don't need them. As far as the U.S. Open goes, hand that over to the PGA Tour. Hand that over to a a sponsor of the, the U.S. Open. And unless the USGA gets their act together and starts, I don't know, if they have to spend their money on bringing in people that are actually professional at running organizations and putting systems in place, they have to do something to save themselves. Otherwise, we're going to have to show them the door. The PGA Tour, amateurs, all of us are going to have to come together and say, you know what, USGA, we don't really need you anymore. You are hurting our game to a point where we don't need you and we don't want you. And I'm afraid we're getting to that point. I apologize for the rant, but this has gone on too far. As always, USGA, better data means better rules. And better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.